Thanks for tuning in to Mountain View Fellowship's weekly podcast with lead pastor Don Headley. At MVF, our mandate is pointing people to Jesus by fostering relationships. We know Jesus cared for people and placed a lot of emphasis on relationships. So we do too. We believe that we're created for relationship with God and that he gave each one of us a desire to belong. If you'd like more information about MVF, connect with us at mvfcolorado.com. Now, stay tuned for this week's message. Welcome uh, to the second week in a series entitled Base Camp. We're having some fun with this. It's, uh, you know, let the adventure begin. The idea behind this whole series is growing to become more like Christ every day and learning how to live this life that we're called to live. Because I think there's a lot of misunderstanding as believers, as, as followers or Christians, uh, followers of Christ, as to what we're actually supposed to be doing with our lives. And so this this whole series is designed, hopefully, to help you identify where you're at and what steps you need to take to keep growing in your walk with Christ. And so that's what this whole series is about. Uh, today, I want to take you to a passage uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. So if you'd head over there, if you uh, brought your device or your Bible, just flip over to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. If you didn't bring one, just raise your hand. We've got guys coming up and down the aisle. They'll hand you one. It is our gift to you. Put, put your name in it. And then head over to 1 Corinthians chapter 3 with us. Also, just to remind you, up here on the screen for the whole time uh, I'm up here, you're going to see that we have an Ask Anything program. It's a question and answer format you can text questions to that phone number up on the screen or tweet with hashtag MVF Colorado. Either way, we'll get your questions and we can get back to you with an answer. It might not be right away, but we'll get back to you with an answer. So just keep that in mind. Uh, you don't have to write it down. It's up here on the screen for the whole service. And so you can just use it if you think about it during the service. So uh, with all that being said, let me just recap because I know there's some of you in here that weren't here last week and you're looking up here and you see five dummies and you're like, what in the world is this all about, right? So uh, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It will as we get rolling, uh, but I just want to recap to catch you up a little bit. We said last week that we wanted to uh, use this series to grow you uh, spiritually, to, to challenge you to take steps with Christ, to mature in your walk with Christ. And what we did is we brought these guys out on stage. They all four represent different type of hikers, and we're using them to represent four stages of spiritual growth that we we can take and hopefully attain. Uh, what we learned last week is that we need to be committed to growing in Christ. We need a discipler and we need to be reaching others for Christ and discipling them. This is what we're supposed to be doing as believers in Christ. And so I, I want to share some more of that with you uh, a little bit differently today. And so uh, let me just tell you, I I went to high school in Texas, my wife and I did, and we went to a high school uh, together that was probably, it was a 5A Texas uh, high school, which tells you something there, but it was probably 4,300 students in the school and about 1,200 in our graduating class, and so periodically they'll have these reunions come up where the class comes back together, you know, and, and I got a phone call last spring from a good friend of mine that I still keep in contact with from high school, and uh, he said, hey, dude, we got a reunion coming up, are you guys going to be able to make it? And Angie and I um, were 
junior high, high school sweethearts all the way through, and we know everybody there. And so we were, you know, thinking, hey, this would be kind of fun, get back and see everybody, right? And so I told him, I said, man, give me the dates and the time uh, and, and tell me, you know, where it's at, and we'll see if we can make it. And, and uh, he calls me back, and he tells me the date and, and everything. And, and uh, the last several that they've had, they've fallen right on hometown days for Strasburg, which we don't take off because... Uh, as pastors, when you have your entire mission field right in front of you, you just can't miss that opportunity. And so uh, when he gave me the date, I'm like, dude, I'm sorry, I can't make it, you know. And uh, so ironically, just this last winter, uh, coming into the winter just before Christmas, I think, uh, I'm on the phone with him. I just happened to be talking with him. And I said, hey, uh, did you ever make it to the reunion? And he's like, yeah, dude, I went. And I'm like, well, how'd it go? And he goes, man, it was so sad. And I'm like, well, what happened? And he said, well, it's not what happened, it's what didn't happen. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, man, I went and all these people, uh, nothing has changed. Like nothing since we left high school. Uh, and uh, he said, how many years ago? I'm not going to tell you because it's none of your business. But he's like, you know, we've been out of school this many years. And he said, I went back and he said, they, they've changed clothes. They've put on some weight and they got jobs. And that's about it, dude. Like everything is still the same. Nothing changed. And he said, for some reason, I don't fully understand it. He says, it seems like some of those people like choose not to change. They just want to stay in that same place. And he goes, I don't want to be like that. I, I didn't like being there. I felt out of place. I don't, I don't want to be like that. And he says, look, I hope that you and I are good enough friends that if we stay the same, if we plateau, if we're not growing, that we'll call each other out on it. I'm like, deal, you got it. Um, can, I, can I just challenge you this morning? Because the series that we're doing right now, the whole goal behind this is that we would choose to grow, that we would take steps to change and grow, to become more like Christ every day. That's what we're called to do. But yet so often we choose to stay right where we're at. And, and I just want to challenge you and say, look, if Jesus didn't want us to change, first of all, he wouldn't have had to come. Secondly, he wouldn't have used words like transform, renew, you know, old things are gone and new things, you know, I'm making all things new. I'm changing them. We see all through scripture where it's linear, it's not static. And, and we as believers have to be on this, this track of spiritual growth. And this spiritual growth shows us that life changes, that we are to change, that God is, is forming and molding us into something that looks more and more like him every day. See, spiritual maturity, simply put, is being discipled to be more like Christ every day and reaching and discipling others to do the same. That's spiritual maturity. And I'm afraid that there are many churches that are just like high school reunions. They've got a whole bunch of people that are time-stamped and they're refusing to change or grow or mature. And I don't want to be like that. Why? Because that's not attractive at all, especially to the outside world. And so I, I want to show you that this, this problem is not new. Like we, we see it, we think it's new, but it's not new. Ever since people have been a part of the church, it's been a problem, which is forever, right? 
And so take a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3, because in this, you're going to see these same problems. They're going to raise their ugly head. Paul is actually talking to a church that he's been discipling. And, and if you don't know what discipling is, it's a church word. It's a biblical word. It just means, if think of it like coaching or mentoring, and, and you'll get it, okay? That's what discipleship means, is to train them up. And so in this, he's been training this church up, and he's writing to them in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Are you there? All right. It says this, Dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I could not talk to you as I would to spiritual people. Now, some of your translations will say people who have the Spirit. Talking about people that have the Spirit of God, that are living their life out for God, who are you know, looking for His direction in their life. He says, I can't talk to you like those people. He says, I had to talk as though you belonged to this world or, get this, as though you were infants in Christ. Like you didn't grow up. You didn't mature. I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger. And you still aren't ready, for you are still controlled by your sinful nature. You are jealous of one another and quarrel with each other. And can I just stop for a minute and say, I'm so glad this stuff doesn't happen in the church today, right? Isn't that sad that he's dealing with it 2,000 years ago and we have it in the church today? But why? Why is he dealing with it then? Why do we still deal with it today? Look at what he keeps writing. He says, doesn't that prove you're controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you living like people of the world when one of you says, I'm a follower of Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos. Aren't you acting just like people of the world? See, the problem is we say that we're believers. We say that we put our trust and faith in Jesus Christ and we're following him, but nothing else changed. We're not growing in the faith. He goes on to say, after all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? We are only God's servants through whom you believe the good news. Each of us did the work of the Lord the Lord gave us. I planted the seed in your hearts and Apollos watered it. But it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. If you underline or circle in your Bible and we encourage it, man, underline that. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose and both will be rewarded for their, their own hard work. Now, I just want to say this. We know that this is not a new problem in the church. Uh, we know as Mountain View Fellowship and as a community of believers here that, that we see this in a lot of different churches. And, and this series, the idea behind it is not to allow us to fall into the same trap. We want to, to acknowledge that this is an issue, that so many people come to Christ, but then they don't really take the next steps in growing. And so we want to encourage you not just to come to Christ here, but we want you to be discipled, to be coached, to be trained up in Jesus Christ, to learn how to grow in Jesus Christ. See, the gospel story isn't so much about what you do and what you don't do. It's what God does in you. It's how he transforms and changes you from the inside out. That's the gospel story. And so often, I think the reason we fall into this trap has been because many of us believe that the gospel story says that Jesus came and died on the cross for our sins and we receive forgiveness of our sins and that's where it ends. And it's so much more than that. Turn over to Acts chapter 26. If you go to Acts chapter 26. Now, while you do that, uh, I want to 
again, kind of show you our friends up here a little bit and kind of why we've got them up here and hopefully uh, do a visual for you so that you get a better picture of what we're talking about. But one of the things I also want to do is I want to give you some descriptors for each of these stages as well. Uh, we gave them some, some names last week. We said that this was Max and Manny and Mark and Kevin. And uh, we also told you this was our day hiker. He's got shorts on. His backpack's not very uh, big. Uh, he's not even ready for, you know, a storm to set in. He's just, he's just made for short excursions. Uh, the backpacker is made for a little bit longer trip. Like he could actually hunker down if a storm uh, rolled in. He could spend the night out if he needed to. Uh, the guide is not only prepared for himself, but maybe one or two other people. He can help some others if need be. And he's got a lot more wisdom, a lot more understanding of the terrain. He gets the area. And then far right, we have what we call a Sherpa. And I know some of you, if you weren't here last week, that's kind of a weird name for you. We explained what that was last week, but just to kind of give you an easy illustration of what a Sherpa is, a Sherpa is the person who actually packs all of the supplies up the mountain. If you've ever watched like a serious mountain climbing, like on Everest or anything like that, what you'll see is a bunch of people climbing up that mountain who have oxygen tanks on, they have supplies, they have ropes. None of that would have been possible without Sherpas. Sherpas have already gone up. They've already taken everything up for them, prepared things for them, have the trail ready for them, uh, have oxygen tanks for them, have the tents set up. And, and the Sherpas are the ones that make it possible for everybody else to summit. And what's interesting about the Sherpa is it's not about them. Like when you see the picture of all the hikers that made it to the top of Everest, you don't see the Sherpa. The Sherpa's in the background. But if it wasn't for the Sherpa, and every one of them would tell you this, they wouldn't have made it. And so these are the four stages of backpacking that we're talking about, and we're tying them to spiritual levels of maturity. And so let me just kind of give you a little bit of a, of a descriptor for each of these when it comes to that spiritual stage. This first one over here, see, um, Kevin did it his way. It's all about him. And uh, he just is out for a small, short run, excursion, might have a sandwich or something in there, an extra pair of socks or whatever. But that's all he's got. He's just checking things out. And so for this spiritual level, my descriptor word would be a seeker. It's somebody who's just checking things out. They're just, uh, just kind of trying to find out where truth, uh, what truth is. And, and maybe, hey, I've got an experience going on in my life. Maybe it's a trial. Maybe it's a, uh, you know, some kind of trauma in my life. And so maybe I'm going to at least look into this Jesus thing and see if there's any truth to it. It's just a seeker, what we'd refer to as a seeker. Um, this backpacker, a little bit more prepared. We're going to call him, uh, for a descriptor word, we're going to call him a believer. Uh, if you notice, he's wearing the uh, Reborn Baptism t-shirt. So uh, he's, he's received Christ. He's made that step. He said, yes, uh, I'm answering the question, who do you say I am with, hey, you are Jesus, the son of the living God. You are the Messiah. And so therefore, I'm putting my trust and faith in you. And that's what he's done. He's been baptized and he's beginning his journey to grow in faith. And this is where he's at. And so we would call him the believer. Now, the guide over here has been doing this for quite some time. He's, he's got a lot better background, more prepared. He's trying to help some other people. And so we would use the descriptor word for him. We would say he's actually the worker. Uh, many of us in our spiritual walk, we go from here to here. And once we get to this place, we start to really bring you know, things home for us. And we start to understand, hey, um, life is not so much about me 
Is it, about, is it about other people around me? And so we start to move from this level to this level, and we start to work. We start to give of our time and our resources and, and start to see the kingdom of God for what it is, and we begin to put more work into it. So we're going to give him the, the descriptor of worker. And then this last one over here, this is a whole different level. And actually, if I was lining them up correctly, I would do it this way. Because I, I want you to get this visual. Maybe something like that. Because the jump from guide to Sherpa is so great. This is a big jump because a lot of it's internal. It's how we see the world around us. It's, how, it's, it's the way we read the word of God, the way we approach his kingdom, the way we serve. Everything about him is completely different, but it's from the inside out. Everything changes. And so the descriptor word that we would use for the Sherpa is disciple maker because he's serious about sharing the gospel with those and then raising them up in Christ. He understands that this is the end game. Like nothing else matters to him. Instead of, Kevin over here, I did it my way. He's like, I did it God's way. And my way doesn't count. It doesn't matter. I'm just sold out. Everything is for Jesus Christ. And, and so there's a big jump there. And, and so I hope that gives you kind of a visual. Now, what I want to do, uh, we talked about how could we do a better job at showing you the differences in these stages. And, and uh, the whole idea behind this is that you would start to self evaluate where you're at to identify which one of these stages you're in with the hopes of being honest with yourself and saying this is where I'm at and these are the steps I need to take to get here and so that's the whole idea behind this series and we want you to start internalizing this and so we started asking the question what's the best way to demonstrate each of these stages to get people to be able to understand where they're at and so here's what I want to do I want to show you their approaches in four different areas this morning and talk about the way they approach each of these subjects in hopes that you would be able to identify with that. And so the first one I want to give you is how do each of these approach the church? When it comes to picking a church, attending a church, the, the worship, the, you know, the programming, everything that's going on in that church, because you're here for a certain reason. You, you chose to be here this morning, and so maybe this would ring true for you. And so let's take a look at this real quick. Uh, if we look over here at our day hiker, and uh, we're, we're asking the question, how does a seeker approach church? It, it would be, it, I would say it this way, prove it to me. The idea behind this is that as a seeker, you're walking into the church going, I don't know if I really buy into this yet. You know, is this true? Is, is what, what you guys are here doing, is this really, is there something real to this? Is there something tangible? Can I, is this something I can put my faith and trust in? Does it make sense to me? And this is why as a, as a day hiker, you only come periodically. Uh, there's actually a term that we use for some and uh, it's, it's kind of a derogatory term. Don't be offended by this, okay? Um, have you ever heard of a creaster? It's those, those that come on Christmas and Easter. That's a creaster. And, and so this would be your day hiker, right? And it, don't be offended by that, okay? I'm just, and again, here's the, another thing I need to say. There's no shame in this. If this is where you're at, there's no shame in this. I just want you to be honest with yourself. And be able to identify where you're at. If this is where you're at, 
then let's say this is where you're at so we can figure out how you can start taking some steps in this direction. That's all we're talking about this morning. So uh, the, day, the day hiker, man, it sees churches. Eh, I'll get to it when I get to it. You know, it's, it's there if, I, if it's convenient. It's more of a consumeristic type approach to church, right? And I, I go to the one that I like that fits me. Uh, the backpacker, on the other hand, would approach it a little differently. They would say, feed me. They would say, feed me. When it comes to church, it's the idea of feeding me. Now, uh, the believer here says, feed me, because they've taken that step. Now they want to know more. They're interested in getting into the word more, hearing the gospel, hearing truth, and, and growing in their faith. And, and so it is, feed me. And I get that mental picture of, you remember the 1986 movie, Little Shop of Horrors? You got Audrey to the plant. And Seymour's trying to feed it, and the plant's like, feed me, that whole thing. That's kind of the idea that I get here, because it's, it really is. It's about them. Like, I'm, I'm just new to the faith. I'm growing in my, my faith, but it's feed me. I want to know more. And, and the thing is, that's not a bad thing, okay? That's that stage. They need to learn. They need to grow. And we hope that, if that's where you're at, that you're seeking that. Feed me. Teach me. Grow me up. But it's still kind of a consumeristic view of church and worship and life group and everything else that comes with that. Uh, the guide, on the other hand, you take one more step, and the guide makes it all about growing. It's about growing. They come, they, they bring their Bible. You, you, they're the ones that are standing out, kind of sharing with others, kind of what God is doing in their life. They're kind of sharing with other people what they're learning and how they're developing in their faith. They're trying to guide some other people, if you will. Uh, the thing about a guide is they love worship. They love worship. They're like the early ones in here. They're the ones ready to go because they want, they want to worship because they love that experience with their God. Uh, the Sherpa takes another step. Sherpa looks at church and says, it's not about me. Sherpas have a whole different approach to church because they're not consumeristic. Uh, if you take a, a, a church that's just kind of mediocre, you can make it great by adding a Sherpa. A Sherpa can change the environment in a hurry just by the way that they, I mean, they'll, they'll just exude Jesus to everybody else. Uh, Sherpa, when they approach worship, it's completely different as well. I've, I've got several friends that are Sherpas, and when I go to services with them, you know what I've learned? If a Sherpa worships, they don't care if it's traditional or contemporary because they're not just worshiping, they're proclaiming. They can say, at the cross, at the cross, I surrender my life. Whether it's a hymn or whether it's a contemporary song doesn't matter to them because they're proclaiming. You have a worshiper and you have a proclaimer in their approach to church and worship. Let me give you another example. Service. We talk about serving within the body of Christ, serving in the church. Uh, we all approach it completely differently. If you look at the day hiker, the seeker would actually say, look at me, ain't I great? when they serve. Why? Because they did it their way. It's all about them, right? And, and they're just learning. Like, this, isn't, this is new to them. Life is about me. Life is about me. And they became a seeker, and all of a sudden, oh, I, I got to serve and, and make it. Oh, I feel really, I like this. This is awesome. Look at me. I'm serving, right? And so it's a whole different approach to them. And, and they make sure that everyone else knows that they served. Uh, if, if you take one step and you go to the backpacker, you see that the backpackers are serving because it feels good. 
They're starting to learn it is better to give than to receive. And they share with others around them what they're learning as they're sharing. They're, they're just out, this is what we're supposed to do. Okay, so I'm going to do it. And so they start to do it almost out of, a, out of a duty, if you will. Okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. So this is what I'm doing. But then they, in the process, they start to learn about serving. A guide does serve, but a lot of it is out of duty. Like they'll serve just about anywhere you ask them. They, they get plugged in. They jump right in. They'll do whatever needs done. At, but mainly because it's, okay, this is what we're supposed to do. I don't really want to do it, but I guess I got to do that because this is what we're supposed to be. But God, I'm trying to change. I'm trying to be more like you. So I'm going to offer this to you as a sacrifice. And so I would say that they almost serve as a sacrifice as well. They're giving it, which brings me to the Sherpa because the Sherpa takes that whole big step where their service is an offering. A Sherpa doesn't care where they're serving. They don't care what they're doing. Uh, They lead in service as an instrument in God's hands. And here's what's interesting about Sherpas. You can identify them because as they're uh, they're serving, and it can be the most meaningless thing in the church, they're looking for God to work. Like they're anticipating God's going to move. And they could be sweeping floors. And it doesn't matter to them because they know that God's moving and they're just excited to be a part of that and they're looking for what he wants for them. They're they're the epitome of what we see Paul writing in Philippians when he talks about if my life was just a drink offering over a sacrifice. Like it's nothing but just steam. I'm okay with that because if it brings glory to God, I'm perfectly fine with that. That's, that's why there's a big step in here. It's a big jump. It's an internal um, change, a process that takes place to go from a guide to a Sherpa. Uh, let, let's look at prayer because I think all four of these stages pray differently as well. Uh, the day hiker would pray, show me, right? God, if you're real. God, if, if you want me to believe in you and, and God, if you, truly, if you truly love me, right? Show me. And so we see a lot of prayers like this from from day hikers because they're just trying to learn right now. Like, is God real? Is this something I'm going to believe in? They're seeking God in that moment. Now, a backpacker changes the prayer a little bit. They believe in God, and so their prayer changes to God bless me. Bless, bless our meal, bless everything that's going on around us, bless our family, protect us, keep us from harm, you know, uh, help me get that, that promotion at work and, and all those things. It's, it's more about blessing them is what their prayers are aimed at. Uh, when you get to a guide, the prayers change a little bit. They start to say, change me. God, change me. Show it is uh, what, you, what you want from me. What, what areas of my life do you want access to? Do you want to chisel away certain parts? Continue to mold and change me into somebody that looks more and more like you. And then when you get to that Sherpa stage, the prayer changes again. You get to a use me stage. God, use me. Every day they get up, they're like, God, use me. I don't know what today holds. I know what my plan looks like, but yours might be different. Use me, Hannah, however you want. And this is the way they pray. They want God to use them in any way he sees fit. Uh, Let's take a look at one more area, the area of giving. Again, another area where you can see a big difference in every spiritual stage. First one, the day hiker. And please, if you're identifying with a day hiker, don't take any offense to this, okay? 
we, we're not shaming you at all here. I'm just drawing this from when I was at that stage. And I would say when I was a day hiker, the reason I put this up here, I put pocket change because that's what I did. When I was a day hiker and I went to a church and they passed that offering plate, I just reached in my pocket, whatever was in there, that's what I threw in. And uh, it was just pocket change. And I made sure I reached in the pocket that had the less money in it, right? And so this is what I did as a day hiker. And, and it's this idea of, look, I'm not, this is so foreign to me to give. That's not what I'm supposed to be doing. And even with my time and resources, it was pocket change. Neighbor, hey, can you come help me clean up? Well, dude, I'm, I think I'm a little busy right now, right? And I'm, I'm very, very selfish with a lot of my time and my resources, and, and I just hang on to those things. Why? Because that, that's the first, that's that intro level into the faith. You're not there yet. But when I received Christ and my life changed and I began to read the scriptures and understand a little bit more uh, of what he wanted from me, I was in that feed me stage, uh, I began to change my, my giving to, you're going to love this, a reluctant giver. I would give, but it was like, that's still not my nature. Now, some of you are better givers than others, but typically at this stage, it's reluctant. Like, oh man, I guess I have to. I see it in scripture, so I guess I better. And uh, we don't really want to, because that's not the way we were raised, or it's just our, our nature not to want to, and so it's reluctant. But when you take that next step and you become a guide, uh, what we start to see in that moment is we see a tither, a full-blown tither, and, and in the guide stage, I think people really do start to go, okay, this is a biblical principle. I, I'm understanding it. When I was a backpacker, I understood what God was saying. I learned that. I saw it over and over again. So now that I'm in this, this um, guide stage, I give. Now, depending on the personality, it could be, it could be just out of duty, like this is what I'm supposed to do, or it could be the other side of the spectrum of a cheerful giver. And that's what we see at the guide stage. Just, okay, I'm going to give. But usually and typically, it's, it's that tithe, just what's supposed to be given as they read it in Scripture. When we get to the Sherpa, everything changes. Uh, we get to a place where we're, we're generous givers. We're generous givers. And we give. We start to understand that Jesus never really said 10%. And so we're just supposed to give of our time and our resources, and, and we begin to look for ways of giving of ourselves to the people around us, of, of um, breathing life into them and everything that we do and say. Just everything becomes giving for them. Why? Because they're generous givers. It's what they do. So those four areas, I'm hoping that you're starting to identify where you stand in your spiritual growth, what stage you're in. Are you starting to identify it? I hope so, because, uh, and again, no shame in being a day hiker. That's not what we're saying, okay? And you might even be on this side of the day hiker. I mean, I know we've got some that walk through the doors of the church. They're not even seeking yet. They got drug here by their friend. And, and so they're not even into the stage yet. This is no shame. I'm just saying, identify, be honest with where you're at so that you can start to progress in growing to be more and more like Christ. Now, my question is this, what's your next step? If you're identifying where you're at, what's your next step? If, if it's church and worship and, and you're not quite there yet, maybe, maybe your next step is this, begin to worship from the heart. Try that. Start coming in early. Be here on time. I have noticed, you'll get a kick out of this, the last several months I've noticed more and more of you are in here before the end of the countdown. 
You know what that tells me? We're starting to create a culture of worship here at Mountain View Fellowship. You're coming in. You're part of that. Uh, maybe your step is, hey, um, Titus does this really cool thing where he posts all the music on Spotify like way in advance. So like this next week, you could be listening to Spotify and, and learning the songs for next Sunday before you ever come in here. You could do that and be worshiping at work or at home before you ever come here. Maybe it's service. Maybe you've never served before. Like this is the first time you'd ever heard it. And you're like, the word I would have used is what? Serving with a question mark? Like I'm supposed to do that? If that's you, maybe you need to talk to Denise and get plugged in. She's great at figuring out where you can get plugged in and start giving uh, where you're best gifted. Uh, If it's prayer, maybe your prayer needs to change a little bit. Maybe start thinking about how I pray and, and thinking about how I should change that. Maybe I need to pray more prayers of surrender. Maybe that will help me to take that next step. If it's giving, maybe you should start looking for ways of giving yourself to your neighbor. How do I, how do, I do a better job of just serving my neighbor or loving my neighbor? Maybe that's your next step. Um, ladies, maybe it's, it's to jump into the Bible study that's starting up here on Tuesday. Guys, maybe it's to be here uh, at the Sunday morning, or I'm sorry, Saturday morning breakfast. Maybe as a guy, you're like, I don't have a discipler. Maybe spend all week praying about, God, I know that, that I need a discipler in my life. And I'm going to go to the men's breakfast on Saturday. I'm going to meet some men. And would, if there's one, a guy in there that could disciple me, would you just please make that evident? Maybe that's your prayer all week and then come to the men's breakfast looking for somebody who would, who would challenge you and grow you up in Christ. Maybe you've just received Christ. Maybe that's the, the first step. You're, just, you're moving from this day hiker to a backpacker and you're like, I'm just now acknowledging who Jesus is. Maybe your step is baptism. Maybe it's, it's on the 27th to be here so that you can be baptized. Uh, maybe that's your next step. If nothing else, I would say this. If you're not sure, talk to a pastor. We've got five pastors on staff here, and we all are dedicated to helping you grow in Christ. And so come talk to one of us. We'll help you to figure out what your next step, are, uh, next step is. Now, the reason this is so important is because if you're not identifying where you're at, if you're not committed to taking the next step, and if you're not committed to growing in Christ, we're not going to change the culture in eastern Colorado. It's not going to happen. And I know I, that was a big jump, wasn't it? But see, this is where we're going. This is what we're doing. This is what we're called to do, is to change the culture in eastern Colorado for Christ. And, and it starts right here and right now with us as individuals making the decision, identifying where we're at, and committing ourselves to the next step and growing in Christ. If we don't do it here, it's not going to happen. But if we start to do that, I really believe this, if we start doing that right here, right now, we're going to see God move in his people and some things are going to change. Paul challenged us in Acts chapter 26. Are you there yet? Did I give you enough time to get there? Some of you guys were like, you gave us a scripture and I've been hanging on to it. And I, did you give this to us for a reason? Yes, I did. Uh, I want to show this to you. Paul was actually testifying in front of King Agrippa. And uh, part of his testimony, he begins to give him his testimony, like how he came to Christ and the mission that God laid upon Paul himself. Now, I don't believe this was just for Paul, but I believe it was for every one of us that call ourselves Christians. And I want to show this to you. Acts chapter 26, starting in verse 15, it says, Who are you, Lord? He was on the road. He had been blinded. And he's like, Who are you? 
He says, who are you, Lord, I asked. And the Lord replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get to your feet, for I have appeared to you to appoint you as my servant and witness. Look at this. Tell people that you have seen me and tell them what I will show you in the future. Isn't that evangelism and discipleship? He goes on to say, and I will rescue you from both your own people and the Gentiles. The Gentiles were just anybody outside of the Jewish faith, which is us, right? Yes, I am sending you to the Gentiles to open their eyes so they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. Then they will receive forgiveness for their sins and be given a place among God's people who are set apart by faith in me. Um, Oswald Chambers, when he was writing about this passage, he said, this verse is the greatest example of the true essence of the message of a disciple of Jesus Christ in all of the New Testament. This is what we're supposed to, this is what we're called to do. This is the purpose of our life. This is our mission. Well, I thought it was this, or I thought it was that. Yeah, those things are great, but if you are not approaching all of those other things, with this mission in mind, you're missing the point. See, the whole mission is to preach the gospel and to disciple people. That's it. Now, Jesus, when he came, his personal ministry was to die on the cross for the sins of the world. But his ministry, calling, was actually to to push forward the agenda of the kingdom of God. Now, here's the point I want to make with that. What we see in Scripture is that Jesus was creating a movement that would be called the church, and the church would inevitably spread from Jerusalem to Judea to the rest of the world to, as we read in Revelations chapter 7, to a great multitude, a a multitude that was so big, in fact, that no one could count it from every nation, every tribe, every people, every language. And it says in Revelation 7 that we would stand before the throne proclaiming that salvation belongs to, to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. It's this idea of the end game. We are here to reach those people around us, to disciple them so that someday all of us are in eternity together. See, Jesus, his mission was not to reach the world. Do you know that? Jesus came to die on the cross to provide a way for all of us to be saved. Jesus' mission was not to reach the world, but to make disciples who were capable of reaching the world. See, that's in our hands. He provided the way, and then he gave us the good news. He gave us the gospel, and he said, go preach and teach and baptize. And what we're seeing, and why we're doing this series, is we're seeing that too many believers in Christ are not doing any of that. And so we want to challenge everyone to grow to grow in your faith, to become more like Christ every day, to take the steps necessary to get to the next stage. My question is this, will we, like many high school reunions, stay where we're at, refuse to grow and plateau in Christ, or will we choose to be discipled, to reach and disciple others? I pray we pick the latter. Let me pray for us. 
Heavenly Father, we come to you today after, um, I know this is a hard teaching, and Lord, uh, you know the hearts in this room, and if I have offended, God, that was not my intention at all. But Lord, I pray that you would um, take whatever was said, whatever was, was perceived, and that you would mold it into your message, that each of us would be able to identify where we stand with you. And Lord, I pray that what is written of us is not what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians, but that we would be believers that were maturing in you, that were people that looked more and more like you all the time, especially to the world around us. Lord, we've got a world that's hurting and dying in desperate need of people who look like you. And God, I pray that that is what you're starting right here, right now in, you, in your church. God, I pray that you would challenge us this week. Don't let this leave our mind. Help us to see how we approach things and, and help us to be able to tie that back to these four stages of spiritual growth so that we might self-assess. Help us to commit to take the steps. And Lord, in this, may we grow in you. We pray all this brings glory and honor to the name of Jesus Christ and all God's people said, amen. Thanks for joining us here at Mountain View Fellowship. We'd love the chance to meet you in person. We gather each Sunday at 9 and 1045 a.m. at 1955 Headlight Road in Strasburg, Colorado. If you aren't able to join us in person, we'll meet you right back here next week. God bless.